Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Living Fellowship, all of us that have come here in attendance and welcome online. God bless all of you. Uh, Jennifer had mentioned how much Rick had prayed for us. Well, I want you to know he's still praying for us. And we appreciate it very much. You guys pray for Rick and Ann and all the requests that were uh, made today. I'm going to continue in the thought from last week. As a matter of fact, I posted um, Walker and Tim's New Year's Day recording last night and then I posted mine afterwards called fear not and before I left for church people were already texting me that they really appreciated it they listened to it and then administered to them so we're going to continue in that some more here today as you can see I've taken the liberty of all actually asking Brittany to uh, write some things on the board here under fear not and I'm going to at one point read them because it's in blue and I'm not sure if the people online can see that real well, but I had already planned on reading it anyways. And what I've done here is um, I explained to you that in the King James translation, the phrase fear not is in there 62 times. So this is who God said fear not to in order as he said it to them. Now, something very important to remember from last week is this. When God would come to an individual like we have Abraham or Hagar or Isaac, like begin with Abraham and Hagar, what he was going to do was manifest his glory. And uh, what, what he would do is go before them. Jennifer had a conversation with me, Mike and Jennifer, last week after I was done. And uh, she had something quickened to her during the preaching. And that was how God goes before us. He's with us and he follows up after. And so that's what I taught on Monday as a compliment to what the Spirit revealed to Jennifer Green. And um, we're going to talk some more about that today because God will go before you, he'll be with you, and he'll follow up afterwards. We'll use the illustration of Israel in the wilderness. We'll also use the illustration with Jesus that uh, John was sent before him. Jesus brought the salvation of the Lord. And who followed up afterwards? Twelve apostles, right? So then on Wednesday, I taught, I took Christie's place on Monday and taught um, what I just said to you. On Wednesday, I spoke about two and three witnesses. Uh, I heard that message almost 30 years ago. And when I heard it, I heard it with. And when I heard it by the Spirit, that teaching was so powerful and so important to me that. I made a choice right there as soon as I heard it, Summer, that if I could, I would pack up everything and move to Chicago. And I was there for three and a half years before I heard the voice of the Lord by witnesses, not just me. There were other witnesses that sent me back to Visalia, California to be your pastor. And so when God does something, he does it good. And um, so I want to talk to you a little bit more about two and three witnesses today. Everything basically we're doing, we're just going to continue to go with the Spirit. How many of you know what year this is? It's a year of the Spirit, isn't it? It's a year that we're going to learn to hear the Spirit, believe the Spirit, trust the Spirit of God, and watch God manifest His glory through His Spirit in our lives continually. How does that sound? The year of the Spirit. And, and I noticed that since I've been pastoring uh, the whole time, every single person in a gathering, or if you're hearing on a recording, hears a little bit differently, you know that? But that's okay, 
because there's diversities of uh, administrations and differences of operations. Paul spoke about this in the book of Corinthians, but he said it's the self-same spirit that does it all. There's a unity in it, but there's a difference between the giftings of God, how God manifests them, how you might speak, but more importantly than anything, what I'm going to talk about here today is, is how you hear. And um, to complement the quickening that Jennifer had, what we're going to speak about today again here is, is fear not. And uh, I want to point something out to you real quick. When God was going to manifest his glory, if you want me to say it in layman's terms, when God was going to do something great, Summer, he would pick an individual to do that with sometimes not just an individual, but the whole uh, group of his people called Israel, all of God's people at that time. And he would say to them, fear not. He would go before them. Why was he doing that? Because when he was going to manifest his glory, the very first one was Abram. And it said, the word of the Lord came to Abraham. So when God was going to bring a word or give a word to an individual, whether male or female, or even to you today, it's very well likely that God will go before you and say, fear not. Make you aware. Make you aware that when my word comes to you, and the other thing we said about it was that God would um, speak the word to bring a promise. And we'll get into that here in uh, just a little bit. But he would bring the word, he would bring the promise, and, and then he would work the promise and then fulfill the promise. Just like he does prophecy. Speaks the prophecy, you enter into the prophecy, and God fulfills the prophecy. That makes sense to you? He goes before you, he's with you, and he follows up afterwards. Now, when God's going to manifest his glory like he did Abraham or Abram, the word of the Lord came and said, Fear not, Abraham. I am thy shield. What did he say? And thy exceeding great reward. He's telling him, This is who I am, but he also gives him a warning Fear not. Why? Because we've been talking about this fear, the clean and unclean. The fear of the Lord is clean. There's another fear that's unclean, which Paul wrote about and said, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Notice in that context, what does an unclean fear affect? Your mind. Your mind. So what does God do? He goes before and says, here's your warning. My word's coming. Another spirit's going to be there. It's called fear. It's a fear that I didn't author, that I didn't create, that's going to fight you the whole time. It's going to be your adversary. It's going to be your enemy. But I'm going before you to tell you, fear not. Fear not. And what's he saying when he tells you to fear not? You can trust me. <laughs> you know that? If God has ever told you fear not, he's telling you, you can trust me. Are you willing? Are you willing to listen to the Spirit are you willing to take the warning and heed to the fact that God says, I'm giving you a promise. I'm going to manifest my glory in you, with you, by you. But there's going to be another spirit there. It's called the spirit of fear. And I want you not to listen to it. I want you to listen to me. I want you to trust me. That brings me to a place. This is really, really cool. And I'm going to share something with you. After service last week, a little story. It's going to bring glory to the Lord. And it's going to honor uh, a really sweet lady that we have in our congregation today named Edith. 
When I finished preaching last week, Edith, the, those of you who can't see her, like I said, she's a, she's a sweet older lady. Just a little lady, reminds me of the little widow woman that when they were given their offerings, that she gave all that she had. She brought two mites. There were others that gave a lot more than her. But the Lord said she gave all, right? Edith has served the Lord and served Jesus almost her whole life. Edith was married to a preacher. She knows the word of God. Prays all the time. You don't believe me? Ask Tristan and Gary. Ask Merle. Edith prays all the time. But it was so neat. We finished, and I had talked to one or two people, and I walked over here, and, and she moved over, got over there to me, and said, uh, Pastor Brian? And I said, yeah, I had to lean over to hear. She said, soft-spoken. She said, when you were preaching this, there's a scripture. I don't know where it is, she said. But there's a scripture that came to me that I was thinking about when you say that. And I can quote it, but I'm going to look right at it and read it to you today, okay? This is Isaiah 41 and 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Now, over 25 years ago, my mother, Gayla Heron, bless her heart, was praying and said that the Lord quickened this word to her. She gave it to me. She wrote it all out and gave it to me. She did this many times for me, helped lead me to the Lord in such a great way. And when I started to read it, because I read my Bible every day, many chapters. First year I began to really pursue God. I think I know I read the whole Bible through and through at least twice, maybe more than that. And it wasn't like reading the Bible. Tim, it wasn't like reading a scripture. And I don't know if this has ever happened to you before. I hope so. But I read this and heard this by the Spirit of God, by the Holy Ghost. And it came alive to me. And it was God standing in front of me face to face saying, fear not. He said, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Now, talking about two or three witnesses, Pastor Daniel in Chicago was in, a, in the spirit. I don't, I don't remember right now if it was a dream or it was a vision. Next time he's out here, we'll have him tell you the experience. And he saw me as a king with a scepter of righteousness. When it got to the point where it said, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. I had been praying and seeking God. And you know what had been there to fight me? This is the first year I began to seek God. A fear that was telling me, God doesn't love you. That, that you can't do this. That you're nothing. You're not going to make it. Anybody ever think like that? You're a drug dealer. You're going to go back to the things you were. You know you love the money. You know you love the prestige. You know you love everything about it. That's what that fear was telling me. And Mike, God came and said, fear not. He went before me. And you know what I did? I didn't listen to that spirit of fear. I listened to God. And I believed every single word of this. And I based my life on it. He said he would strengthen me. He said he would help me. He said he would uphold me with the right hand of his righteousness, Julie. And I believed him. And I said within myself, 
I'm not going to be able to do this myself. Jim, I, he has to. I have to trust him. I have to follow him. And I, I, at one point, packed up, moved to Chicago. Took us days to get there. Was there three and a half years. Heard the word of the Lord by witnesses, two or three. And moved back to California. I've been with you guys ever since. But i got to finish this story. I'm with Jim and Julie at the beach over here. And I'm meditating. And, you know, we're having fun. But I'm thinking on God. And I've been thinking about what I was teaching. Before I left, I was talking about this fear. Same thing we're still in. God is my witness, Summer. I said, when I come back in the first day I preach, I'm going to open with this scripture right here. And then last week, I opened up with, uh, I think, Psalms 19, the fear of the Lord is clean. And I went to the scripture that Bryce loved so much in Deuteronomy 20, because they both said, fear not. And I slipped right by what the Lord had put in my heart the whole time I was at the beach. And I stepped off this podium, and I walked over here, and this little old lady came with the word of the Lord and said, I don't know where this is at, but this is in. And she quoted it verbatim. And I said, that's Isaiah 41 and 10. God ministered that to me years ago. I said, thank you so much. You have no idea how much you just ministered to me. That just goes to show you, God, <laughs> with Balaam, if he has to use the mouth of an ass, if he has to use Brian to be your preacher. <laughs> Someone you'd never think. I never wanted to be a preacher. Never wanted to public speak. If I was in school, Summer, you're a teacher. Jennifer, you're a teacher. Brittany, Walker, we got Bryce. We got Allison, teachers all in this room. You ever have the kid that you say, you got to do an essay, and then you got to read it before the class? I'd, I'd do the essay, hoping that they'd let me slide. But when they said you had to read it through the class, I said, just write an F on there. I'm not speaking. I'm not getting up in front of everybody. But here I am for the last 25 years, publicly speaking every single day. That's God. God will change you. He will put desires in your heart that you've never known would ever be there. And I'm here today because I'm going to lay something out for you about this fear not. I'm here to say to you, fear not. This is the year of the Spirit. God's going to manifest his glory to us as a congregation, not just Visayo, California, but Boise, um, Yuma, Chicago, everywhere we have people. Anybody that has an ear to hear to whosoever will, God is going to give you an opportunity to hear the Spirit, believe the Spirit, trust the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, and be sons and daughters of God. I, I'm telling you that, I'm prophesying that to you right now. But I'm also, the Lord's going to go before us right now, and this is how we're starting this year. Fear not. There's going to be a spirit that fights you. But God's already forewarning you. Fear not. The spirit of fear is going to come and try to mess with your mind. To try to change your mind from a, a sober mind and a stable mind to a unclean mind. God's going to help you have a sound mind. This enemy is there to destroy your mind and your relationship with God. And it, in my whole life, the enemy fights. The enemy fights. But God gave us a promise, Jim. If we'll fear not, he'll be an enemy to our enemies. He'll be an adversary to our adversaries. If we will obey his voice, obey the voice of the Spirit. And I'm speaking from uh, Israel, Tim. Exodus 23, verse 20 through verse 30. I'm going to read that for you here in a little bit. God went before them, Jennifer, and he, and he warned them. And he told them, I got somebody that's going to be with you. Not just Moses, but the angel of the Lord is there. He said, my word's in him beware 
That's what we're doing. We're making you aware that the angel and the spirit is ready. Daryl, the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. So I'm telling you, I'm here to proclaim to you, this is the year of the spirit. You can learn the spirit. You can walk in the spirit. You can have peace, joy, righteousness in the Holy Ghost and change your life like you've always wished it could be changed. Now, now I'm not saying you're going to get rich. I'm not going to say you're going to win the lottery. But I will say this to you. If you get in enough turmoil and fear, you ain't got enough money on this planet to pay for the peace that God could bring to you and get you out of hell in your mind and your thoughts. You can't buy it. But Jim, I'm saying God's going to freely give it to you as a gift. All we got to do is accept this gift here today. How does that sound? And just to emphasize this a little bit more, I've said many times, Walker, you even went back and talked to me about it. Sometimes our, our teachers and our deacons will hear from God and they won't speak it. They'll hold on to it. They go, well, I, I teach in six weeks, so I'm, I, I got something, oh God. Because there's still a lot of fear that work in you guys. I hope you understand that and that's why we're addressing it. You know, there, there are times that our teachers or our, our, our deacons will listen to a preaching, the anointed word of God, and you listen with the wrong ear. You listen because you're looking for something to, to give you the next time you're going to teach. That's wrong. You need to be listening for the glory of the Lord. You need to be listening with an ear to hear. You need to be listening to glorify Jesus and magnify him. But as I started that, I said, Walker, watch. Sometimes people will hear something and they'll hold on to it. And then God will give it to somebody else. And they'll speak and that person will be like, hey, that was my word I was going <laughs> to preach in three weeks. Three weeks, huh? Well, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, now faith. You get a word from God, you better be getting like Jeremiah and say, it's a fire in my bones, I'm ready to speak that word. I'm ready to preach that word. And, and so I really do believe as a witness, 25 years later, because that, that word that was quickened to me, it was a scripture. But it came alive. It was the Spirit of God speaking to me. I'm, I remember years ago, Pastor Rick, Pastor, uh, Pastor Rick Rush, asked Dan and I, maybe all of you, a question. He said, has the Spirit of God ever uh, gave you a scripture to speak, and you speak from that scripture? And he said, God's never done that to me. And I'm thinking, hmm, there's something for me to listen to right here. And then Tim, he starts to testify, and he says, the Lord said to him, Walk before me and be thou perfect. I'm like, well, that's scripture. <laughs> and I've heard him say it many times. But what I'm saying to you, it's different than reading the Bible. It's not a dead word. It's an alive word. And God has quickened scripture to me many times. And some of them I've given to you in the hopes that the spirit would quicken that. If it's just the letter, it killeth. But if the spirit gets involved, Merle, then it's life. It becomes alive to you. And that's what God was reminding me. I will use this sweet little lady. <laughs> you were going to open with that. It means so much to you. I'm going to minister to you right after you minister to the people. And I'm like, God, you're so awesome. You are so good. You know, another person would be like, and this, this is how religion works. This is a religious person. This is a religious pastor. They're never wrong. They're never wrong. You watch that. The only one that's always right is God. And if you can't admit when you're wrong, and if you can't humble yourself, <clears throat> you very well could be very religious and not walking by the Holy Ghost and not walking by the Spirit of God. If we humble ourselves, 
before the Lord, he'll raise us up. He'll exalt us in due season. We've got to always remember, this is not about, per se, Brian Heron or Rick Rush or Dan Ellis or Gary Ellis or uh, PK, Pastor Hubert Kinney, <clears throat> Pastor Dave Lauer, even Pastor Keith Hickey. This is about Jesus. This is about God. And if we always keep our focus, our eyes on God, then we're going to do okay. You believe that? <clears throat> so thank you again, Edith. Thank you very much for, for hearing the word. She said, I don't even know where it's at. And I quoted it to her as she, after she quoted, quoted it back to her. And I said, I know exactly where that's at. So it was pretty cool. I wanted to share that story with you guys. Is that all right? Now on the board here, <clears throat> I have written the different times that the phrase fear not was said. Now, you've got to understand, I need a marker from somebody. Um, most of the time, like Abraham, it says the word of the Lord came to Abraham and said, fear not. Okay? The word of the Lord came. But there were other times, like with Gideon, I believe, no, um, let me see, who was it? Gedaliah and Elisha. A person said it, said, fear not. There were times, many times the word of the Lord came, or God said, the Lord said, the angel of the Lord said, fear not. Sometimes though a person would say it to another person, like Gedaliah to his servant, okay? So keep that in mind. When God was going to manifest the glory and say, I'm going to choose a people out of all the people in the world. Abraham, I'm going to start with a promise to you. For I do, guess what, Abraham? Fear not. You with me? He said, Abraham, I'm going to give you a promise that your seed, and Abraham was praying. He was asking God, I need an heir. I need somebody to be able to inherit everything I have when I go. There's one in my house, and, and I, don't, I want my own seed. I want my own son. I want my own blood, my own line. And God heard his prayer and told Abraham, fear not. He said, I'm going to uh, multiply your seed as the stars of heaven as the sand of the sea. I think in the first chapter, he just says stars of heaven. Then he goes back and says the sand of the sea. And, and then he gives him a promise that he would bring forth the salvation of the Lord through a son named Isaac. Told him at 75 years old, at 100 years old, him and Sarah or Sariah has a child God named Isaac. Then Isaac has a child named Jacob. Jacob's name's changed to Israel and then has 12 sons by four different women. Those are the 12 tribes of Israel. This is God working. He's manifested his glory. He's taken it through the genealogy of Abraham to bring us to a day and a place where we don't look at genealogy anymore. You know why? Because the end of the promise of the genealogy is a man named Jesus Christ. The salvation of the Lord, the son of the living God. This, but he started it, Abraham, 2100 B.C. Some of you get impatient with God. God's not moving fast enough. Jennifer, you remember that other thing we ministered last week in Exodus 23, 20 through 31? God said, I'm not going to drive the inhabitants out of the land in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts multiply and, and hurt you, come against you. Listen to me closely. I want to read this. But somebody said, I'm going to do it little by little. Huh? Little by little. Each day you catch a thought, Jim. 
Each day, a desire grows in your heart to serve God and to receive the Holy Ghost and walk in the Spirit, little by little. Each time you catch that fear trying to bring you in doubt, unbelief, and condemnation, it's little by little. Huh? Come on. Sometimes we ask for things we shouldn't be asking for. I want it now. The disciples walked with the Lord three and a half years, and then he dies, and pretty much their hope was lost. Three days later, he shows back up, resurrected. They're happy again. He walks with them, teaching them for 40 days concerning the things of the kingdom. He's teaching them. And after 40 days of teaching them about things pertaining to the kingdom, Julie, he says, now you go. Go to Jerusalem and tarry. Go there and tarry till you receive the promise from upon high. Ten days later, 50 days, Pentecost. Penta, five, 50. What happens, Daryl? God fulfilled his promise. He poured out his spirit on the 120 in the upper room. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. The wind came in. It was a sound from heaven like a, right, a rushing mighty wind. There were cloven tongues of fire that sat on their head. And they were filled, the Bible says, with the Holy Ghost. And there were some there that wanted to know, what is this? What meaneth this? How hear we every man in our own tongue? Peter stands up, who had dealt with this fear many times and religious thoughts says, this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel, that in the last day, saith the Lord, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall, uh, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, even on your handmaidens I will pour out of my spirit. He said, on all flesh. You hear me? I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Does that involve you? John 17, when Jesus prayed for his disciples, he also prayed for us. He said, I don't just pray for them, but all of those that will believe on me through their word. Now remember the before, the with, and the after? God, by prophecy, called a man named John the Baptist. He called him a messenger. One that was sent to prepare the way of the Lord. And what did he preach? Repentance and water baptism for the remission of sins. He went to prepare the way of the Lord. He was born the cousin of Jesus was born six months before Jesus. When he came into his ministry, Mike, he went and began to preach. There's one that cometh that's mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to unlatch. He said, I indeed baptize you with water, but when he comes, he's going to baptize you with fire and with the Holy Ghost. He comes, and what does John testify? Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. This is the one that I am testifying I am a witness, a second witness. God testified as a witness to his son. John testified. Jesus himself said who he was. And we covered this in a study this week. And he also said, I know John's testimony is true too. John said, the, the, he that sent me said, whosoever the one that the dove rests upon, that's him. That's my son. And, that, and God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. <laughs> and then, so God prophesied there's going to be a salvation that comes. John went before Jesus. Jesus brought the word of the Lord and ministered for three and a half years. And then what does he do? He calls his disciples to be apostles. And what do they do? He said, greater works than what I'm going to do. You're going to follow up and you're going to fulfill 
Isn't it awesome how God goes before us? He's with us, and he'll follow up afterwards. It doesn't look like I have time to do this, but I'll say it this way. In Exodus 23, read verse 20 through 30. The Lord said, I'm going to go before you. I'm going to send an angel before you, my words in him. It says it plainly, he'll go before you. My words in him, obey his voice. Beware of him. Obey his voice. Go read it. He was a pillar of fire during the night and a cloud during the day. And they were to follow that cloud, which is so great a cloud of witnesses, as Hebrews 12 tells us. They were, that's why Jesus is coming back in the clouds. That's a little extra nugget there. He's coming back in witnesses. Remember we talked on Wednesday night about two and three witnesses? You know what I left out of it at the end? In the book of John, the first, um, first John, it tells you that if you believe in the Son of God, you have the witness in yourself. And I did exactly what Rick did so many years ago, and I addressed all of you, and I said, I have a need, just like Rick had a need. I have a need. When Rick spoke that, there were a lot of people questioned what his need was, and what it was was I have a need for witnesses. I have a need that people have experiences that I'm experiencing so we can walk together in two and three witnesses. And that, that way, if one person tries to do everything, you could be tempted to be exalted above who you are. And you think, I'm the only one that got the word of the Lord. We watched that in our ministry with Pastor Jeff Whedon. If it didn't come out of his chimney, it wasn't smoke. Huh? But did we watch and learn? We sure did. So Rick said, I have a need. And, and God was faithful. Not too long after that, God began to minister to Daniel in Chicago and raised him up, gave him witness. Not too long after that, God began to minister to me, raised me up, gave me witness. And yes, I'm talking about being in the spirit, receiving your witness by dream, by vision, by trance. Let's just make it real plain, okay? The spirit, the Holy Ghost gives it to you, gives you that witness. But what I'm going to encourage you in here today is, Walker, find where it's at so I can tell them. In 1 John, it says, if you believe in the Son of God, you have the witness in yourself. You have it in you. You just need to bring it out. But you know why, Tim Gallant, that some people aren't bringing it out? Because of this fear that I'm preaching to you right now. And God's going before you and showing you and telling you. That fear is going to be there. That fear will cause you to hear wrong. Will cause you to listen wrong. Will tell you there's something I got to do. When God said, I've already done it, you just need to manifest it. It's in you. The witness is there. Believe me. Trust me. Trust your imagination. Bring forth the witnesses of God. So I said, Mike, I said, I have a need. And I'm still saying it here today. I don't need to be the only elder out here or the only person with witness. I need you folks. I need it to bring forth witness, to protect me. And for us to glorify the Lord and magnify the Lord, these witnesses, okay? You know, when I preach it on two or three witnesses, I got some feedback, and some people just absolutely blew their mind. They were so thankful. And some that had already been blessed, amazingly. But I want to tell you something about it. Because also, the only, really, the only people I've ever heard preach two or three witnesses was like I said, years and years ago was Jeff Whedon, and I've watched Julie try it a few times. But if you think that uh, two and three witnesses is just a review and just a basic teaching this and that, then teach it to me. I listen to the elders do it all the time in their teachings, even though they don't say I'm teaching two or three witnesses. 
their method and how they preach, they do it by two and three witnesses. We, we with our witnesses, glorify God together as elders. But I'm going to give you a little challenge. You get a chance, you read Revelation. Well, you know what? I should read it. Revelation, the 11th chapter, and you come to me. If you understand two and three witnesses and you can teach two and three witnesses, and you tell me who the two witnesses are in Revelation 11 and 3. I know less than a handful of people that understand that, so please do. Listen to commentary, and you have two, Daryl. Well, it's Moses and Elijah because they could call fire down from heaven, and they could stop the rain. Well, if it was that easy to understand these two witnesses, everybody would, wouldn't they? And I'm just going to tell you, it goes beyond that. I got to do this real quick. The board. Abram, I'm going to read all of these off, especially for the people online, in order that God said, fear not to. He said, fear not, Abram. He, He told Hagar to fear not, Isaac to fear not. And notice this, Abraham was going to bring forth, in the beginning, Israel. And then God went back and blessed him and said, you're going to bring not just the stars of heaven, but the sand of the sea. I'm going to bring the Gentiles to you. So you know how he did it? He went to Hagar and said, fear not. I'm going to give you a promise to him and manifest my glory to you with a son named Ishmael. He's going to be a great nation. And the Gentiles are going to come forth from them. Are you with me here? The glory of the Lord, this is what you want to be in, folks. By two and three witnesses. Because God's going before you. He's with you and he's going to come after and fulfill. This is how prophecy works. God prophesies it. You walk in the prophecy. And God fulfills it. Watch. Abram, Hagar, Isaac, Rachel, sons of Jacob, Jacob himself, uh, a woman with, oh, wait a minute, are those out of order? Oh, okay. So come up here, right? I see it now. I got you, Brittany. Uh, Israel himself. You want to know something really cool about Israel? You know how many times God said to Israel, fear not, at least 13 times. Where's Daniel? Somebody find him for me. <laughs> Told Daniel twice. Two witnesses. Fear not, Daniel. And I'm sure he said it to Daniel in Chicago more times than that, but I'm talking about Daniel in the scriptures. The prophet. You know what's interesting about this number 13? 13 is a number of rebellion. Go read Genesis 14 and 1. There were servants that served uh, Kedor Laomer, and they served him in the 13th year of serving him, by the word of the Lord they were supposed to, the Bible says they rebelled in the 13th year. How many disciples were there? How many apostles were there? How many? Tim got it. He's following me. There was 13. You know, Judas had a bishopric. He was called an apostle. He was named and numbered with the apostles. There's 13, but one rebelled. Huh? One was a rebellion and betrayed the Lord. And sold, he was a sellout in a bad way. <laughs> he betrayed the Lord. The number 13 is the number of rebellion. And what did God do? The disciples said, we'll, we'll pray and replace him with Matthias. And God said, no, you won't. I've already prayed and I've called a man out of due season named Paul. So we'll get rid of the rebellion. We'll bring in a great man of God named Saul, which I'm going to change his name to Paul. Isn't this cool? What about, just another one real quick, because I did some numbers the other night. 12. What is the number 12? Government. Governing factors. How many foundations are there in New Jerusalem? 12. 
How many tribes were there of Israel? Twelve. How many apostles are there? Twelve. You said, well, there were 13. I just showed you one rebelled. He's gone. Now we have 12. It's governments. It's foundation. Go look at it. Our judicial system copied it. How many jurors sit in the jury box when you're tried? I'll just tell you something. You guys will probably never get in any trouble. That's good. But if you ever do, do not let one man judge you. Don't do a bench trial. Do a jury trial. Let 12. Okay? I'm just helping you out with something here. It's for a reason. I know I've watched it happen. We have a a gentleman in prison right now that we minister to all the time that did a bench trial because his lawyer said, we got this, no problem. And I don't know what happened to that judge the night before. Maybe his wife cooked a bad meal or, you know, didn't. They got in a fight or something, but he told him plainly, I'm going to make an example of you. 27-year life sentence. I'll make an example of you. So I'm telling you, let's stay with God's governing factors, huh? 12, the number of governments. I got to keep going here. Joshua, he said, fear not. Jael, Gideon, Ruth, huh, Christy, the virtuous woman? Fear not. Phineas' wife, uh, Abithar, Jonathan, Mephibosheth, Absalom's servants, the widow woman, uh, that was with um, Elijah, servant of Elisha, Gedaliah's servants, Solomon, Ahaz, Jeshurun, Daniel twice, Joseph, or where do I go, Brittany? Here? Well, I'll tell you what, it don't matter. You guys do this study. I've done all this work and labor. Let's see you do it. I'm going to keep reading. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary that came to the grave of Jesus told him, fear not. Mary himself, the shepherds in the field, Simon, which is Peter, a woman with an issue of blood, the disciples, Paul, isn't it interesting, the two witnesses of Peter and Paul, your main apostles, he went to both of them, Tim, and said, fear not. (laughs) I'm almost done here. The daughter of Sion, and of course we can't leave off John the Revelator that teaches us about those two witnesses that prophesied for 42 months in the book of Revelation. There's still a whole lot more to to say, but I have put a ton of information out to you here today. Do we have any questions? I actually brought together three studies and and summarized all three of them in one preaching here today in, I think, less than 40 minutes. If you have any questions, now or later, please get a hold of me and let's talk. Remember, this is the year of the Spirit. Fear not. He is with you. Oh, I need to finish one thing. Israel. God sent a man to be with them named Moses. He also gave them an angel that went before them. He said he's going to go before you. This is really neat. I think uh, Jennifer Gowett and I were talking about this in one of our meetings. The perception of the fear. Remember how I said to God is clean, to another person the same fear is unclean? This is so cool. When they were going through the Red Sea, Moses prayed and the Red Sea parted. And the angel was a light to Moses and, the, and Israel so they could continue to go through the Red Sea. But you know what? He was darkness to the Egyptians. The same angel. The same word of the Lord was light to God's people and darkness to the Egyptians. Same one. And then you know what? Just like always, when God is, goes before us, he's with us and he follows after. Paul said in the book of uh, Corinthians, Daryl, I believe it's 2 Corinthians, 
They all did eat the same spiritual meat and they all did drink the same spiritual drink and they drank from that rock that followed them and that rock was Christ talking about Israel. So Christ was before them, he was with them and he followed up after. Is that right, Jennifer? Isn't that beautiful? Tim, does that make sense? Praise the Lord. God bless you. I appreciate all of you. If there's no questions or no quickenings we're going to bring out right now, I'm going to be done. Be blessed.